Hi, I'm Rob Worrell and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Wow, what a start to the National League across all three divisions this weekend. And uh, our team was all over it, really. We've got eight manager interviews to bring you in this weekend's podcast. Plus, we speak to uh, a player who scored the winner in the very last minute for his side. And another one who made his debut against his former side that he only left within the last 10 days. Now, our first NL full-time podcast of the season is a bit of an unusual affair, really. Having worked the rest of the boys so hard last week with a season preview podcast and got so much audio from them yesterday, we decided they could all have a lie-in today and Muggins here has got to get up and uh, do the links into all that wonderful audio. Um, Now, If you didn't catch that season preview podcast or pubcast, as I think Luke entitled it, that's still available on iTunes or Spotify or your regular podcast platform. But in that preview, four out of the five of us predicted AFC filed to pip everybody else for the title this year in the National League Premier, which is where we will start. Now, I watched them personally in action yesterday and I didn't see really anything to uh, change my mind on that opinion. Classy, wait for the moment, keep plenty of the ball, stay calm, don't give an awful lot away. Got themselves a 2-0 lead at the Ebb Stadium yesterday against Aldershot and stood firm in the last 15 minutes or so after Aldershot had got a goal back. Now, after the game, I caught up with the AFC filed manager, Dave Challoner. Our last chat with him was at Wembley and now the grind starts again. But you've done something you haven't done before. We are. You're leaving the Ebb Stadium with three points. You must be delighted. Yeah, we're better off than the, the past two seasons. This is, this is a tough place to come. That they have an energy around the place with having the, the reprieve and staying up and mm. a new manager coming in, 14 new players. It was always going to be dif- difficult. The last 15 minutes proved to be that with the goal. It got the crowd back in the game and, and we had to defend well to, to see it through. But no, it's, it's the opening game of the season. Everyone's going to have teething problems. Everyone's going to be will improve over the course of the season but to win it makes it a whole lot easier to improve I know I've seen you on your travels before and 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 whilst I know if if you're going to take it on again this year and if you if you're going to gain that uh, promotion you're probably going to need a few to turn a few draws away from home into wins but you never panic away from home it's always calm and and, and you're patient for the opportunities we try to we try to I think yeah. if I'm being you look at last season again and you're being dead critical because we got we got so close but we only won one game away from home against the bottom eight and we drew a lot of games we took the lead in quite a lot of games and then the second half didn't show up and end up going on with, with one-one draws mm. so it is important that we, we turn them around I think with the players we've brought in hopefully it'll allow us to do that because it will allow us to, to make changes and go and affect the game we've got the second goal today we should have been out of sight really uh, and then the goal that they get brings them back into it like I say emotionally as well with the crowd so yeah, we, listen, we know that where we need to improve. I think our goal scoring record last year was a little bit decreased on the previous season. We've hopefully brought goal threats, well, I know for certain, we've brought goal threats in. So it's a really, really positive start and, and still plenty to work on. It was no coincidence that you signed the player who assisted the most goals last season and effectively he's assisted two today, hasn't he? Because not only the delivery for the free kick for your first goal, but also a beautifully swung in corner that led to the penalty when Bradley got away from Fowler. Yeah, he's got great quality. He really has great quality. He has a calmness in possession, but ultimately when he has to pick either a pass for runs and or his delivery from set pieces, he's a, he's a, for forward players who want to make a forward run, um, he's the one player you want to play with because 
if you make them runs more often than not, he'll pick it out. Um, and if he doesn't, he still has the intent to try and pick it out. Um, and like I say, he's done that today. We knew restarts would be massive, and we've spoken about it through pre-season. I've been disappointed with our what we've done through pre-season, to be fair. And we've worked on stuff both for and against. So to, to obviously score from two today, in, in effect... Um, is, is massively pleasing and hopefully we can build on that I do say you learn more sometimes in defeat don't you you get, you get the opportunity to get something right and then get the win when it matters just help me with this one Tuesday night I presume it's back to Mill Farm is it yeah. and who have you got we play Chorley on Tuesday so local local derby for us I'm sure it'll mm. be a big crowd great atmosphere they've got a, got their first point on the board today I believe so no, they'll come there, come there looking to upset us we know last time we played them at Mill Farm they beat us um, around Christmas when we were in the conference and all so we know it'll be tough but ultimately like I say we've, we've got loads to build on and we can learn from this game it's great to learn with three points on the on the board already. Um, so, like I say, we'll, we'll enjoy the trip back, but focus again on, on Monday. That was an understandably chirpy Dave Challoner speaking after Files' opening day victory. Now, another side who uh, got a precious three points on the board on the first day and another side who were many people's promotion favourites, Wrexham. They had a tricky initial fixture this season at home to a much improved AFC Barrow side under Ian Evert. And Wrexham actually conceded the first goal. Josh Granite gave in the visitors a first half lead. But JJ Hooper signed from Bromley, 20 odd goals last season, got Wrexham back in it. And uh, Bobby Grant scored a winner late on. So a really good start for Wrexham coming from behind to uh, gain three points on the opening day. Now, two other sides that are mentioned in many people's tips for the top seven at least are Simon Weaver's Harrogate Town and Tim Flowers' Solihull Moors, who surprised everybody to finish second last season, have kept most of their squad, made a couple of changes up front, including the signing of Eastley's Paul McCallum, who was second only to Danny Rowe last season in the goal-scoring charts. We sent Luke Edwards along to that one and his his report. Hi Rob, thanks very much for looking after the podcast this week. Yes, I've just watched Harrogate Town versus Solihull Moors on the opening day of the season. It finished 2-2. A draw it looked like on paper and so it proved in the end. Harrogate, a bit of first day nerves in the first half, didn't really get going. Solihull deservedly in front through Nathan Blissett who headed in after Liam Daly had headed the ball back. Before that though, Paul McCallum had a chance to open his account from the penalty spot but he blazed it over the bar, very unlike him. Second half though, Harrogate came out all guns blazing and in the first 10 minutes of the second half they led by two goals to one. Uh, a header from Mark Beck from a corner and then a superb strike from Joe Leasley from 20 five yards out. It's one of those where as soon as he hits it, you knew it was in and an early contender for goal of the month. But straight up the other end went Solihull Moors and Paul McCallum finally did open his account heading in from six yards out to equalise. Harrig then got a penalty. Jack Muldoon was brought down, upped step Brendan Kinnan, who was man of the match, but he blazed it in exactly the same spot that McCallum did, over the bar and into the stand. And I spoke to Harrogate manager Simon Weaver after the game. 2-2, entertaining game and uh, it all kicked off in the second half, didn't it? Yeah, far better. I think we probably bottomed out with the with the first day nerves and uh, several debutants. But we gelled second half, we were braver on the ball and we showed, certainly through passage of play, our true potential. I was thinking that first half, do you think opening day this season, do you think there was a bit of tension and you just couldn't get that out really? Yeah, it's probably more tension and, and nerves. Um, 
for home home teams on the first day. You know, mm. you, you, you're all trained up for it. You've got new recruits in, uh, fans are turned up for it, and um, it, it, coming out the hat, Solihull is going to be one of the toughest yeah. ones because they're certainly going to be in that top three. Um, but I thought the reaction from the players in the second half was was very good. I suppose that, that that's a good thing. You have to be right on it straight away because you know what you're going to get from Solihull, don't you? Well, stick it on you and stick it on you and stick it on you. It's relentless and as big a team as you'll ever see in the football league and beyond. Yeah. Um, that's their game plan. We go about it a bit differently, but uh, not saying it's right or wrong, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's a winning formula for them. You had a bit of everything. I mean, you came out the block so well second half, didn't you? You scored from a set piece and then what a goal. I thought both wingers were immense um, today. Joe with the finish of the second and then the... Um, uh, and actually his, his assist for the first, you know, with Becky. So he was instrumental. But, you know, it's, it's certainly something to build on and I'm sure confidence levels will be higher than probably when we first started the game. Brendan Kernan, a great game for him today. Man in a match as well. Shame he couldn't cop it off with that penalty. I mean, there was something about that penalty spot, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, he hit the cop. He didn't quite cop it off. But uh, um, it's unfortunate for him. And he said, listen, I'll make it up to you, boys. And to be honest, I thought his overall performance was superb. And uh, he's going to be a firm fan's favourite. And in terms of uh, this season, you reached the playoffs last year. You were out in the super playoff. Is it a case of going one better now and maybe getting to the final and winning it? Or well, even going up as champions? Well, that would be awesome and fairy tale <laughs> stuff. Um, without a doubt, you know, you just try and build those early blocks in the season, remain unbeaten. You know, I think we drew the first three games last year and it put us in a good place and mentally. And I think we just uh, grit it out and, and keep building it and keep uh, working towards how we feel that we can maximise the, the talents in the squad. August is always a tough month. I think there is eight games as well, isn't there, in August? And with, with the weather it is at the minute, it must take a lot out of everyone. Well, it took a lot out of me. I'm, I'm only on the sideline, but uh, maybe that's just the heart, heartbeat uh, beating a lot more than it has uh, over the last couple of months. But we've not got great numbers. You know, we have 18, uh, but we, we've gone for quality rather than quantity. And you, you know, we've got some good lads in, and it, it's an exciting time. You know, we just want the games to come thick and fast and and run on adrenaline. And that, that's this club. We're we're progressive. We're up for it, um, and it won't be. Uh, we won't fall sharp, uh, short on desire. And that was Simon Weaver. And one subplot as well to today was the return of Callum Howe, who left Harrogate two weeks ago to sign for Solihull Moors. And I had a quick chat with him as well after the game. You moved to Solihull Moors a couple of weeks ago and lo and behold, you got Harrogate away in your first game of the season. And you probably kind of knew what to expect in a way. Yeah, like you say, obviously, I know the lads well here from last season and all pre-season. So it was uh, just one of them, wasn't it? Coming back here first game, just typical, but... Yeah, it was a tough game. I, I knew, obviously, I know what Arrogate are about—a fit, fit team, work hard, move the ball well. So we knew we were in for a test, and um, yeah, like we say, it's a point on the board, so we go from here. It was a well, it was a tough test, wasn't it? You were you were ahead at half time and uh, looking fairly comfortable, and then yeah. they came out first ten minutes and really kind of blew you away, in it, didn't they? Yeah, like I say, I think we had a few chances in the first half, and I think if we put them away, then it's a different game. We um, we kind of blow them away early, but. That's the thing. If you don't take the, if you don't take your chances at this level, then other teams are always going to have a have a spell at some point and put you under pressure. So, what persuaded you to, to leave Harrogate and go to Solihull, especially so close to the start of the season? There was a few factors to it. To be fair, obviously, um, I just went down to Solihull and spoke with the gaffer and the chairman and that, and um, the the plans what they've got for the club going forward and everything was just um, they sold it well to me and yeah, I just fancied it. So. It's, it's going to be a case of both teams have played today are going to be up there at the end of the season, I think, aren't they as well? Yeah, I'd, I'd think so. Yeah, like last year, obviously. Both had two good seasons last year, so we'll see how see how the season pans. But yeah, we'll definitely be be trying to be up there again this season. So an exciting opening day of the season here. Both sides will be up there. 
Back to you, Rob. Thanks, Luke. Now, it was a huge day for all the new sides in the National League this season yesterday as well, and six of them there were, of course, in total. Let's look first at the two sides who came down from the Football League. Well, as we've seen all too often in the past, it was a brutal introduction to National League and non-league football for both Yeovil and Notts County. Unfortunately for them, they both lost. Neither of them even managed to score a goal. Uh, it was a horror story, really, for Notts County at Eastleigh. They went behind early on to a Reader Johnson goal. And uh, in the second half, late on, Michael Doyle and Damian McGrory were both sent off as well. So a wretched start for Notts County. And uh, the other side relegated from the EFL last year, Yeovil Town, didn't fare much better. In fairness to them, they had a tough start against uh, a mean Barnet side who had that run of clean sheets towards the end of last season and started with another one yesterday, Simeon. Akinola with the only goal of the game getting Barnet off to a great start this season. There were contrasting fortunes for the sides that came up from the north and from the south. Starting in the south and it was good news for both sides. Woking with an excellent start away at Dagenham. A couple of players that they kept from last year. Kane Ferdinand and Musa Diara scored the goals for them as they warmed up for the Hampshire derby against Aldershot on Tuesday with, with three points in their very first game. So a, a wonderful start for Douse there and Woking, keeping the momentum going from their brilliant season last year. And so too did Gary Johnson's Torquay United. They, they got a little bit of a helping hand from Borenwood who had Jamal Fifield sent off uh, in the first half yesterday. But it was Edwards who found the opening, and you'll forgive that pun, I'm sure, uh, who got them ahead. And then Jamie Reid, prolific last season, got the second goal for them. Tyrone Marsh with a late response for Borenwood, but it wasn't enough. And uh, six points between them on the opening day for Woking and Torquay. Now, turning our attentions to those sides promoted from the National League North, Stockport came up as champions, and of course Chris Pratt from the NL full-time team is regularly at Edgeley Park to write for the non-league paper. So who better to go to for this one than Chris? Stockport County making their first appearance in the National League since 2013 after becoming champions of the National League North last season, played their first match against Maidenhead United in front of the BT cameras. Anticipation was high before the game with fans milling around Edgeley Park well before kick-off, full of the anticipation of the season. In a tight first half, the best chance fell to Jordan Keane, whose header was well saved by Ty Ashby-Hammond and tips over the bar. But the game continued to be tight in, into the second half. When Jake Kirby rounded Ashby-Hammond Ashby on the hour for County, Joe Ellell cleared off the line. The Magpies grew into the game and Jake Cassidy's header from Josh Smiles Cross went into the top corner 10 minutes from time and ultimately gave Maidenhead United the points. With 11 new faces in the Maidenhead squad, they put in a really professional performance. And County, with all 11 starters that were in the team last season, found a really good barometer of how difficult this league is going to be and what they need to do to be successful. After the game, I spoke to Maidenhead United manager Alan Devonshire. Alan, what a fantastic victory that was in the end. Yeah, I thought we deserved it. First half, I didn't think we were great. Uh, I don't think both sides were very good first half. I thought second half, we, we got hold of the game and, and dominated it in, in parts and uh, scored a really good goal. Uh, and, you know, I felt we were, I say comfortable, but you, you know what you're going to have when they're banging balls in the box, you're going to have it drop down. But I think a keeper's come and, and eased it off for us. So, no, I was pleased. 
took the league for an hour, so <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and was that the plan to keep it tight in the first half and then try and sort of hit them in the second half? Yeah, yeah. We had the firepower on the bench. Um, I didn't have to use them, um, but yeah, that was the plan. And uh, sometimes plans work, sometimes they don't. But luckily today they did. Yeah, a lot of planning's gone into this, obviously, and three points on the first day of the season. You must be delighted because you know a lot of people wouldn't be tipping you to uh, to do that well this season, to be in the top no, half of the season. Everyone, we're favourites to rele- be relegated again, so we see what we can do. <laughs> now, fortunately for NL full time, uh, a regular contributor to our podcast, Richard Scott, was at the uh, other Northern promoted side game. Chorley took on Neil Smith's Bromley. And uh, after the game, uh, which ended in a nil-nil draw, Richard caught up with both managers. Here's his chat with Jamie Vermiglia. Uh, listen, we're not looking at relegation. We've got uh, bigger aspirations than that. Obviously, from the outside looking in, for us to stay in the league is going to be an achievement. But you know, we, we think that think that we're better than that. We think that we can more than compete. And I think, you know, today we've probably shown that. You know, it's at home. It is where we want to pick up the majority of our points, so I, I was hoping for a home win, but actually on a balance of play, I thought a nil-nil was, was probably fair. Yeah. If you were given a, a point at the start of the game, would you have taken it? No, not at all. I wouldn't have. You know, going, As the game's evolved and going through into that last 20 minutes, I, I probably you know, I probably took it and I settled for it, but you, know, you still want to go and win it. You still want to go on, but you just, you know, you're just thinking, OK, we get a draw in your first game, then, then we can kick on from here. And, you know, it's one more point... Closer to getting the 44 or 46, and another one close to getting the sort of 73, 74, which is also a target for us. It's very early days, isn't it? But you know, we, we, with our changing room and the winning mentality that we've got in there, we want to set our, our sights really high. Um, but look, one game in, we've got a point on the board against Bromley. We're quite a fancied side to be up there. Uh, half decent resources, they've, they've, they've signed some decent players, so I think we've put ourselves into you know uh, a decent position going forward. Yeah, Paul says those. The last few moments were playing out. I thought we, you know, we had three or four really strong attacks where we passed the ball and we got through the thirds, we got down the sides, um, and that's where we are at our strongest. In all honesty, I thought we could have done that a little bit more. You know, I was a little bit disappointed with how often we did it, but when we did do it, we caused them a, you know, a few little problems down the side and a few, few times they needed to, to really think about how they would, um, how, how they'd stop us really, because we did have a bit of an overload on, on one side every now and again. But just disappointed we couldn't, we couldn't do it even more. But you know, credit to them, they're a, it's a strong, organised, efficient side and you can see why they why they fancied. Yeah. New lad Masakari came on with a few minutes to go and he really excited the fans uh, with what he did. You hoping to see more from him, particularly maybe at Fouled on Tuesday night? Uh, yeah, I think somebody gives us something different, you know, a little bit of pace, he's quite raw, but I thought his touch was good. He, um, you know, considering he's not done a pre-season with us, he was a player that I've tracked for the last two or three years. He's played at Burnley, been to Wrexham and had a couple of loans and I've always quite fancied him and, you know, for him to come available in the last week leading up was was great for us. But yeah, I think I think he's going to give us a bit of excitement, you know, the ball's just pumped up forward and all, already everyone's on on the edge of the seat because he's got that pace and he's quite a strong lad and you know he puts himself about and he's honest as well and that's what we're all about he's certainly going to fit into the uh, to the, our team mentality yeah. and to quote one former Chile fan he's sadly no longer with us everything's going to be alright isn't it <laughs> of course it is everything's <laughs> going to be alright I think we've shown that for the supporters shown it to the players and I've always, I was always confident to point towards um, a really strong season yeah. top man Jamie thank you so whilst an awful lot of people might have thought that was a decent point uh, uh, for Chorley to get their National League season started. Clearly, Jamie Vermiglio thought otherwise. Uh, after the game, Richard Scott also caught up with one of our favourite characters from the National League, the Bromley manager, Neil Smith. 
opening day pointer at Victory Park against Choi. What's your assessment of the game? Um, I think I think both teams cancelled each other out. I think both teams didn't want to lose first and foremost, and um, you know, and then if they could nick a win, you know, we, we knew Chorley would be a strong side, physical side. We've obviously seen them um, from last season, and they've been in, up there and thereabouts. So we weren't coming here with any um, preconceived ideas that this would be a tough game, and it, and it certainly was. So you know, yeah, clean sheet, which is I'm, I'm always pleased with, but uh, we know we've got to create. Um, if we're going to try and score goals this season. And they always say if you can win your home games and get points on the road, you'll be up there, thereabouts. So I assume you're very happy with that? Yeah, yeah, no, obviously, if you can get points away from home, then they're your bonus points, and obviously you've got to win at home. But, um, you know, we'll take wins anywhere we can. But uh, today, you know, as I said, that, you know, with pre-season, you, you get to see your players first and foremost in that first league game. You can prepare as much as you want, win the games, and you think you've made it and you, you lose the first game, and or, you, you know, lose and you win the first. So, it's always going to be difficult. There's new boys in there, and we've, we've, I've seen their their temperament and their metal. And I see a bit of a team effort out there that they were throwing themselves in the way of things. So, you know, I'm really pleased for them. You know, I don't think we deserve much more than a point, and I'll take it. Opening the half, you guys look particularly more likely to chance to score. Do you think one of them gone in? It would have been a different game completely. Yeah, I, I think you know early on we did. I think we um, we sort of showed our intent that we wanted to get at the team early, you know, get early crosses in, get early shots. And then I think they weathered the storm, they got stronger. And I think in the end, as I say, I think both teams cancelled each other out and were quite happy to settle for a draw. Yeah. OK, thank you for your time, Neil. Thank you. Elsewhere in the National League, one or two other unfancied sides, much like Maidenhead, also scored wins on the opening day of the season. Congratulations to Sutton United and to Matt Gray, who uh, got victory uh, his first game in charge of them. Thanks to a couple of early goals from Harry Beautyman. Guimet Torre got Hartley pulled back in it on half-time, but Will Randall wrapped up a 3-1 victory in the final minutes. Top of the pile, though, after the first set of fixtures at FC Halifax Town. A great start for Mr Wilde in his new position, uh, gaining a real reputation for firefighting now, having uh, come in a couple of times and steered Oldham to safety and... Uh, now, coming in late on with a small Halifax Town squad in place so, so late in pre-season. And he has steered them to a 4-1 win at Ebbsfleet on the opening day of the season. Admittedly, Ebbsfleet were down to 10 men in the first 10 minutes from Jack King. But Cameron King put the visitors ahead in that one. And uh, later on, with three goals in the final 20 minutes, Noel Maher, Jack Earing and Nathan Clark saw them home. Uh, just one match to still mention, Chesterfield and Dover. I think a lot of people would have had that down as a home win, particularly given Chesterfield's form in the last third of last season. But uh, it wasn't to be. It looked like it with 18 minutes to go when Scott Bowden put them ahead. However, what they didn't bank on was Alfie Pavey smashing in two in the final 13 minutes to send everybody uh, related to uh, Dover home uh, for a very happy journey back to Kent. Okay, that's it for the National League itself. Let's move on now to the National League South and very kindly doing a wrap-up of everything that went on yesterday in the National League South is our very own Tom Lang. Thanks very much, Rob. Uh, Yeah, so it was a day of late drama and early season shocks as we got underway in the National League South yesterday and the biggest shock undoubtedly occurred in Kent where New Boys Weymouth got off to the perfect start away to Maidstone United. Now Maidstone are much fancy with the bookies and they've got what looks like a strong squad to try and bounce back at the first time of asking. Down in Dorset, with the good ship Brandon now departed for South End, the goal scoring responsibility for the Terrors falls to Ben Thompson this time around and he did not disappoint on the opening day. 
he grabbed two late goals to sink Maidstone, overturning Justin Amalazor's first half strike and to get three early points on the board for Mark Mulsey's team. It's difficult to read too much into early season results, um, as teams find their feet and managers generally use a few weeks to work out their best 11. But an away win at one of the promotion favourites on your first day back at Step 2 makes Weymouth my team of the day. They weren't the only newly promoted side to do well though. Mark White's Dorking Wanderers secured an injury time victory away to a strong Slough Town side in their first ever match at Step 2. Since being formed in 1999, the Wanderers started playing senior football in 2007-2008 and since then they've been promoted a further five times, continuing a seemingly inexorable rise. It was Surrey University aeronautical engineering student Matt Briggs who got the winner against the Rebels who had a man sent off. Briggs had a breakout season in the Isthmian League two seasons ago but suffered a horrible cheekbone fracture last term which severely disrupted his season. Hopefully, yesterday's injury time winner is the start of a happier campaign for him. I'm uh, lucky enough to be speaking to Mark White today who's the owner and manager of Dorking Wanderers on what's uh, a genuinely historic day for the club. Um, first things first, congratulations on picking up your first ever three points of Step 2 football. Thank you, thanks very much. Um, when you saw Matt's uh, last minute winner, what did it mean for you as a club? Um, is, it, is it a vindication of your strategy over the last few years, pushing on through senior football? Um, I think it's a, a last minute winner is always nice um, in any game at any point. Um, just the euphoria that goes with it, the boost you get for the next game, the changing room at the end. Um, obviously, being our first game, it made it extra special. We played well on the day, created lots of chances, probably should have won um, on chances created. Um, but um, following a, a late sending off, we had a few extra chances we didn't account for and, and, we, and we took them. So it felt, felt really good and certainly three points away from home. At this level is fantastic for us as a, as a small club. Um, and, and you've brought in players uh, not just this summer but last summer who know what it takes to get results at this level, the likes of Jason Pryor and Ed Harris. How important is that experience around the dressing room? Yeah, I mean, it makes life a lot easier. Um, you know, we, um, we've had a lot of boys, we've got a lot of boys that have been there a long time, uh, three into their third and fourth seasons. Um, but yeah, we... Um, so we are quite loyal to our own lads, but we tend to try and bring in one or two every year that are more qualified than what we've got, if you like. And obviously Jason, being a bit of a flagship name, came in last year, had a great season. And um, yeah, we've now brought in Ed and Jake Gallagher, close season again from the league above, well, two leagues above at the time, National League itself. And um, yeah, for me, experience is a, obviously a big deal um, at this level of football. Of course, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, people who look at where Dorking have come from over the last few seasons, is it now 11 promotions since formation in 1999? Yes, uh, 11, 11, 11 in 19 completed seasons, yeah. So, so people will look at that and they'll say, you know, Dorking are going to be challenging again, they're going to want to go up again. But people who, who know the club will say it's a, typically the first season you aim to consolidate, solidify in the league and then look to push on. So what would be your target starting out this season? I think our target would be a couple of healthy cup runs and a healthy mid-table finish and, and to really focus on enjoying um, enjoying the National League and, and all the great clubs that are within the National League. Um, we, uh, we've got a decent um, consolidated home support that's ever-growing and we just want to bring good football to our local town because where we come from, um, that's been you know, sparingly 
provided in the last sort of 40, 50 years. Um, and uh, that's our motivation. So um, we're just going to enjoy the journey. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, I know that we at the NL Full-Time Podcast are really looking forward to seeing how Dorking fare this season. Smashing. Thanks very much. Sadly, Tunbridge Angels couldn't keep up the 100% record for the promoted sides as they hosted divisional dark horses Dulwich Hamlet. In a match which saw both sides finish with 10 men, David Ajaha and Geoffrey Monica scored debut goals for the Hamlet, which meant Joe Turner's second half goal was only a consolation. There was also a drama to be found over in Essex, where Jake Robinson dug out a winner in the 93rd minute to help Billericay overcome a stubborn Eastbourne Borough outfit in a match which saw much-hyped new signing Matt Reed make his debut from the start. I spoke to Jake earlier and he had this to say. First off, congratulations on a good start to the season. There can't be much better feeling than a 93rd minute winner. No, I definitely think, especially as a striker, that's kind of um, that's the ultimate goal, really. I mean, obviously last season, the first game was a different kettle of fish. I managed to score four. Um, but, you know, if you can't score three or four goals, then I think a, a last-minute winner uh, is probably the next best thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of last season, obviously you got 13, I think, in your first eight games um, and you're off running early again. Is there is there a secret to the pre-season campaign that gets you fit and firing so quickly? I don't think so, because generally I'm actually not that good in pre-season. Um, I think having been around for, for a while now, I kind of know what I need to do to get fit and, and get sharp and I just kind of just get that done. And, you know, a club like Billy Ricky with their expectations and, you know, the standards are so high. I've raised a couple of eyebrows, I think, last year and the year before when I didn't get many pre-season. But I did say to that I'll, I'll be ready for the for when the serious stuff starts. And then it's just the case again. You know, I felt pretty good today. Um, but, yeah, just general, just a bit of experience and obviously planning out. And in the handy team helps as well. Yeah, it does. And you know, speaking of the handy team, you've had some really much hyped arrivals at Billericay this season. But looking at the squad that started today, six of your starting eleven, the spine of the team, three from Alan Julian up to yourself, finished last season at the New Lodge. Just how important is that continuity? Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely it, it plays a big role at, at any level of football, especially um, you know at, at non-league as well when you, you don't get to spend hours and hours and day in day out with, with the squad and you, you know you need to keep your keep the bonds you've got together and, and it helps that we, like you said it's this the spine of the team so it's kind of um, you know it's the, it's the main parts and I think especially you know, the last couple of years at Billericay there's been a maybe a lack of continuing continuity at, at times and um, maybe it's something that you know we had this year and, and it helps just go to that next level and, and you know keep consistency throughout the year not just do it in fits and starts and you used the phrase there, next level. Must have been absolutely gutting last season, that late disappointment and miss out of the playoffs. Just how strong is the hunger in the squad this season to go one better and secure that, that promotion? Yeah, I mean, obviously the end of last season was very, very disappointing, but I think it wasn't just that. I mean, after the start we had, like you said, flying for the first 10 games or so and then you know, getting back, regrouping and getting back together towards the end of the season and then just missing out. I think we, we see it as a missed opportunity, but it, it's just, you know, it's fueled the fires for us. We, we know we've got the quality, the signings this season have, have added to it. I think there's certain things, you know, that we'll, we'll take from last season and, and others that we probably just need to forget about. And, and you know, it's, it's a fresh start, it's a fresh season. We've we started today really well. Clean sheet is probably probably the most important for the for the club because they've been they've been lacking throughout the last few months and even through pre season. I don't think we kept a clean sheet. So for the back four to turn up as they did today and then, you know, for us to nick a winner as well, I think it's it's got us off in really good good stead. Yeah, absolutely. Um and then the final question for me, uh, obviously 
There's been a lot of attention on the signing of Matt Reed this week. As a quick striker, um, what's it like having someone like that to play off? Uh, surely it can only be a good thing for the likes of yourself and Mo Emanuel this season. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's kind of the, the ideal signing for us, if you like, because having watched a lot of league football, non-league football the last couple of years myself, as a bit of a you know, footballholic, um, I don't know really strengths and he's absolutely brilliant at what he does he's probably one of the best in the country you'd have to say so for him to come in and do that kind of that, that dirty work that, that's us you know us goal scorers and uh, you know, the slighter strikers don't like doing it it takes so much pressure off us and uh, on top of that he's also a really good guy he seems to have hit it off really well so far and I think he's he's added a lot to our squad and you know, like I said it was a, the, the signing came with a bit of a fanfare because people I think realise how, how good of a player he is and I think the Lincoln fans were disappointed to to see him leave and, and we're absolutely delighted to have him on board yeah understandably well um, thanks very much for your time uh, today Jake um, and good luck no worries, for the rest mate. of the season thank you very much so if you listened to our season preview podcast last week you'll know that it's been a real season of upheaval at a number of clubs in this division and none more so than Hamill Hempstead Wilson and Concord Rangers all of whom ran out opening day winners by three goals Concord's new boss Danny Scopes has brought in around 14 players this summer after the bulk of last season's squad followed old manager Sammy Moore around the M25 to Vauxhall Road. An opening match away to Oxford was never going to be the most difficult way to start the season, especially after they lost Kabongo Shimanga in the summer. However, most supporters will take any three points on the first day, but a 3-0 away victory with two new signings, Joel Nuble and Kreshnak Krasniki, opening their accounts is a dream come true. Speaking of Concord's former manager, Sammy Moore has replaced Dean Brennan at Hemel, and both of those managers also saw their sides run out winners. 4-1 in their first competitive matches at their new home grounds. Moore's Tudors overcame Hungerford Town quite comfortably with all the goals coming from new signings. Isaac Galliford, formerly of Hitchin Town, Ricardo German and a double from ex-Gillingham forward Liam Nash were enough to get their campaign started in the best possible way. James Rusby got the goal for Hungerford, whilst over in Wilson, Dean Brennan's side were also buoyed by a double from their new striker, as Ross Lafayette's brace added to the singles from Denon Lewis and Connor Stevens as the Stones gave Dartford an opening day whipping. Josh Hill equalised to cancel out Lafayette's early opener from the penalty spot, but Wilson went from strength to strength as the game continued. In fact, you'd have got long odds on there being three 4-1 home wins on a single day, but that was exactly what we got, as Chelmsford sent Hampton and Richmond Borough home from deepest, darkest Essex with their tails between their legs. Tom Rate at the double, a Tom Jelly own goal, and a fourth from local lad Andy Fennell got the work done, whilst Tyrone Luthwaite got a debut consolation for Gary McCann's Beavers. Elsewhere in the division, Bath played out an expected 2-0 victory over Braintree Town, thanks to Tom Smith, whose loan from Cheltenham was made permanent in the summer, and Ross Stern. Then finally, down in Hampshire, Paul Doswell's haven't played out a one-all draw with Welling United, with goals from Rory Deacon and Adam Coombs, whilst there was a scoreless draw at Clarence Park between St Albans City and Chippenham Town. Thanks, Tom. An excellent roundup there, as always, and uh, great to hear from Jake Robinson. Still banging the goals in. He does love the start of the season, doesn't he? So that's it from the National League South. Moving on to the North, who better to guide us through the opening day's uh, scorelines and results and stories than uh, Dickie Wharton, who was at one of those matches himself. I'll let him come to that in due course, but uh, here's Dickie. 
Thanks, Rob. As per usual on opening day, there are a few results that have raised an eyebrow or two. We had uh, 33 goals flying in across the 11 matches. Uh, possibly the day's most notable fixture for any neutrals was the meeting between Altrincham and York City. Now, Altie made the playoffs last season and manager Phil Parkinson has strengthened his team, clearly an expectation of pushing on in 2019-20. Uh, and while the Minstermen under Steve Watson are fancied by many as potential champions, having brought in players of the calibre of Steve McNulty, Andy Bond and Dan Maguire. Well, it finished 3-1 to York City. Uh, James Jones headed Altrincham in front after 12 minutes. Um, York equalised just before the break with a goal from, well, it's either a David Ferguson goal or an own goal, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, and then another defender, Joe Tate, put York City in front on 51 minutes, tapping in from a corner. On the hour mark, or just after the hour mark, Connor Branson, who was one of those big signings that we spoke about for Altrincham, he gave away possession to Jordan Burrow. He raced away to make it 3-1, and that pretty much sealed the deal for York. And there was certainly no coming back for the hosts once Shea had Sean Williams dismissed for a second yellow card. That came on just around 73 minutes. Now, Another one of the big games of the day, one of the intriguing ones, we had a meeting between Blythe Spartans and Gloucester City. Now, Spartans have had to rebuild after Alan Armstrong left for Darlington in the summer, taking a number of players with him. Um, but Blythe turned heads when they secured the services of former Birmingham and Huddersfield boss Lee Clark, who, of course, had a really terrific playing career in the black and white stripes of Newcastle. So how would he fare as a manager back in his native northeast? Well, it didn't start too well for Clark. The Tigers of Gloucester City took a 2-1 win. Joe Hanks' penalty put them ahead in the first half and then Marlon Jackson made it 2-0 heading home from a corner with just 11 minutes left on the clock. Blythe did manage to pull a goal back through Damon Mullen a few minutes later and then had a late penalty appeal turned down but um, that was enough for the Tigers to take all three points on a very, very lengthy away trip. I think I've read somewhere it's 584-mile Ryan trip. Now, I suggested in our pre-season preview that Gloucester, although they've been strongly tipped for the drop by many, would, would have enough to cope in the National League North, and I would suggest they've certainly made a good start with that result yesterday. Looking else around elsewhere, there was a 1-1 draw between Boston and Chester. Brackley Town defeated Old Fritton Town 1-0, and the biggest result of the day, or the biggest score of the day came at the Tameside Community Stadium. Now, although people will claim the league table means nothing at this stage of the season, I wouldn't be tempted to say that in the vicinity of any fans of Kerr's and Ashton. They were the biggest winners of the day and have put themselves on top of the table by thrashing a much-changed Bradford Park Avenue side 5-0. Isaac Sinclair, son of Trevor, put Kerr's and Ashton into the lead in the first half and then Luke Wall added a second before half-time. There were further goals in the second half for the Nash from Sean Miller, Ollie Thornley and Luke Merrill. And a disappointed Avenue manager, Gary Thompson, described himself as absolutely gutted for his young team afterwards, but did concede that they let in a number of sloppy goals, the like of which he hadn't seen in pre-season. So work to do with his young side there. Another team promoted last season were Farsley Celtic and they had an intriguing tie or an intriguing fixture with Darlington and, and Celtic had raced into a 3-0 lead by half-time. Goals from Tyler Walton, Nathan Cartman and Jimmy Spencer and that put something of a damper on the optimism at Darlington that's um, been present since Alan Armstrong arrived as manager. Adam Campbell did pull a goal back for Darlow just after the hour mark, but it was a dream start for Adam Lakeland's side, a 3-1 victory, and, uh, and, and they're off and running in National League North now.
Not too exciting, the game between Gateshead and Southport, that finished 0-0. There was a 3-0 win for last season's draw specialist, Guiseley, over another promoted side, Kings Lane Town. And an entertaining 2-2 draw between Hereford and Spennymoor Town at Edgar Street. That's another one of those really long-distance trips at the start of the season. Again, four goals shared in the tie at Agra between Kidderminster Harriers and Leamington. Leamington led in that game. Kidderminster struck back to lead 2-1, but a late Leamington equaliser meant Paul Holleran's side took a point back to Warwickshire with them. Now, the final game of the day, and this is the one I was at, was the one featuring another promoted team, Kettering Town, and they entertained AFC Telford United. The visitors were ahead at the interval. Steph Morley put them... Uh, a former Kettering player, in fact, put Telford ahead with a terrific free kick, but Joel Carter levelled for the poppies a few minutes after half-time. Sam Cartwright was then sent off on 64 minutes for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity, and it might have looked like the odds were turning against Kettering at that point, but Paul White, the goalkeeper, was their hero, saving Aaron Williams' resulting penalty kick. Then, with Telford pressing for a winner with the extra man, they got caught out on the counter-attack, and Daniel and T, another new signing for the Poppies, scored an 86th minute winner to delight the home crowd. Now, his manager, Nicky Eden, is a pragmatic Yorkshireman. He wasn't getting too garried away when I spoke to him after the game. I'm with Nicky Eden, the manager of Kettering Town, and they've opened their campaign with a 2-1 win against Telford United today. Uh, Nicky, I imagine you must be delighted with what you saw today. Yeah, really pleased. You know, um, listen, it, it could have gone could have gone totally the other way if um, you know with the sending off and the, and the penalty. You know, if they score the penalty and, and put two goals two goals up, it's um, be a difficult one to come back from. But um, you know, you, you got that. I say it's a slice of luck, but it's a, it's a fantastic save from from Whiting. He's made a couple of couple of decent saves. Um, but I'd said to Alice at half time, you know, we'd had the setback of going a goal down just before half time, but I said that shouldn't affect us. You know, it's not like we've been under the cosh all first half, you know. Um, I mean, it was tough at times, you know, tell for a good team. Um, you know, but I, I, I felt that we'd matched them, you know, at half time and pretty even game. Um, you know, I used to ask, I mean, the main thing I'll ask my players is you, you never give up. You know, no matter what the score is or how long there is to go, you keep going because funny uh, football's got a funny habit of uh, throwing things up. Sure, and they've shown plenty of character today, and um, I guess that's you know what you'd be looking for for the rest of the campaign, yeah. Yeah, we're going to need it. You know, there's going to be there's going to be listen, there'll be days when we get when we get a chasing, and you know, we might get a, a good hiding, but uh, I think you're just hoping that um, more often than not, you're in games. You know, you're competitive, you know, and you're looking to win them. Sure. And you move on to Kingsley Town next, and obviously you know them well from, from last season. Um, you're obviously looking to try and get a, a second win on, on the bounce if you can yeah, and I mean, carry that on. Listen, no matter where we go, you know, we'll, we'll always we'll, we'll always go out and try and win the game, you know. And obviously some weeks are going to be a lot harder than others, but uh, I'm not not really one of these managers that will set up, you know, not to get beat and... Just hang on in games and all for the best, like you know, you got you got to be a threat, and I think we've got the players. You see that that front four that we've had today. Um, there's there's goals in there, you know. There's there's pace in there, you know. And you add the work rate to it, you know. And they're gonna they'll be an handful, um, you know. And then the rest of the team, it's up to them trying to keep a clean sheet. 
that was Kettering manager Nicky Eden. And, of course, he was looking forward now to their next game on Tuesday evening, which is away to Kings Lane Town. The, the two teams played one another and both got promoted from the same division last season. There's a rash of really exciting-looking games on Tuesday evening. Uh, a lot of fairly local derbies. You've got the likes of Telford versus Kidderminster. Chester versus Altrincham looks a good game there. Gloucester City versus Hereford. Um, we've also got Spenny, oh, sorry, Spennymore versus Blythe-Bottons. That's an interesting one. That game's not taking place now until September because of the, um, the groundworks that are going on at Spennymore. There's an intriguing one between York City and Farsley Celtic. I can't imagine fans of those two teams would imagine they'd be playing one another in a league fixture if you'd asked them a few years ago. And then on Wednesday night, we've got a big one up in the northeast. We've got Darlington versus Gateshead. And that's the wrap of the National League North for this weekend. Just about wraps things up for this week's NL full-time podcast. Exhilarating opening weekend, lots and lots of shocks. And uh, as ever, the uh, the National League just keeps on giving. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Please do interact with us. You can follow us at NL full-time on Twitter. And you can uh, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes and Spotify so that as soon as there's a new episode, it automatically uploads. Hopefully there'll be a team of us back next week. I've been Rob Worrell. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you again soon.